Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to episode 56 here. 56. Can you believe it? 56 remember whens. I bet you did not expect that shit. You guys probably expected me to quit way sooner than that, right? You're like, holy shit, he hasn't changed anything. He hasn't changed. The only thing he's changed is his fucking hair. That's all he's changed. And, and I, you know, got different glasses. Look at this fucking hair. It's pretty bad, right? It's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. It's fun bad, though. I got to be honest. Fun bad hair right here. Enjoying looking, uh, I think, worse. I think worse. But, you know, it is what it is. And you, and you move forward. Get these glasses on. Get these glasses on. I could sit back a little bit. So welcome to the podcast, everybody. As I will uh, try not to hide behind the mic here. I think we might have to... Uh, we might have to readjust. I think we gotta readjust. Yeah, that's better. That that's better. Is that better? Is that better? You probably uh 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 is everything reverse? Well, welcome. Welcome everybody. As I said, episode 50, 56. Let's do a couple of let's do a couple of plugs here. We'll go cold. We'll go cold right here with no music. I like to call it a, a fresh cold open. If you want to uh if you want to support the podcast, pretender, two contender that I'm 56 episodes into doing, it's pretty easy. Just go to Patreon and subscribe. It's patreon.com forward slash pretender to contender. Okay? Do you got that? Pretender to contenders forward slash it's patreon.com forward slash pretender to contender. So come on, subscribe, throw a brother, throw a brother a bone, uh, is what I like to say. Throw a brother a bone. Uh, what else? What else is a nice little cold opening? Uh, coming up, couple of gigs. Got a remember when gig that came in last second, uh, March 18th and 19th. I'll be at the Stress Factory in New Brunswick. The Stress Factory in New Brunswick. That's uh, that's in New Jersey. And April 23rd, I'm doing remember when at City Winery in Philadelphia. Okay, April 23rd. To get tickets to those shows, they're both, you know, semi-small venues, so you need to get on it fast. As things have been going well, things have been going well. Tickets have been selling thanks to, uh, I don't know, 93,000 TikTok followers. That's kind of helping. Uh, the Twitter, eh, it doesn't do shit. Twitter doesn't do shit for me. Uh, Instagram is slowly building, slowly building and I'm starting to kind of figure out how to get Instagram to sell tickets for me. I don't know how well I do on Facebook, but I do that too. Those are all at the Joe Matter East. But to get tickets, all you got to do for any of those shows is go to JoeMatterEast.com. Okay. Okay. All right. So as you see, you can uh, you can comment throughout the podcast. I am live. 
and I will be monitoring it. Maybe every 15, 20 minutes, I'll monitor it and scroll through. If you have any questions you want to ask throughout the podcast, I try to make this entertaining for people that are going to be listening at a later time as the podcast is on, you know, everywhere you can listen to podcasts. Uh, geez, uh, iTunes, Google Play, uh, what else? Pay, you got uh, well, Patreon. You can uh, you get all kind of extra stuff plus the podcasts on video. All the podcasts that I've done, some of them, a few of them are missing, but there's a lot of episodes in Patreon, all in high def. And uh, you know, um, that's 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 basically uh, all I really want to plug here at the top. But. I will answer your questions. You can also, if you want your voice to be on the podcast, you want to ask me a question, the voicemail is open. You can leave a voicemail. And don't think um, StreamYard throws your voice off. Like my words might not match my lips exactly on your screen, and you might think your computer's a little off. It's not StreamYard for some reason. And I have... A brand new uh, Mac computer that's very fast, very fast, very fast computer here. So it's not me. Um, so if you just uh, want to do that, go, go ahead. The phone number is 951-298-9899. Okay, I'll get a little reminder on my screen that you left a voicemail. Any questions that might be uh, good things you want to ask me. It can be on subject or it can be off subject. I don't really mind. Uh, I'll even throw the little ticker on the screen here. Let's throw that on the Joe's Next uh, Remember When show is at Sittery Winery in Philadelphia on Saturday, the 23rd. As you see that, I don't know why it's stuttering. Why is that stuttering? Let's try that again. We don't want you to stutter. Uh, it's still stuttering. All right, maybe it'll fix itself. City Winery in Philadelphia on Saturday, April 23rd, JoeMatterese.com. You see it up there. I will do shout-outs for all people on YouTube that tip. I see that uh, you can tip on YouTube. If you want to tip via Venmo, I'll get that right away on my phone that's right below me. Any tips, I will do shout-outs. If you tip $10 or more, you get a free download of my last comedy album that was called Completely Present that I recorded in Philadelphia. Okay? Okay. We're all caught up. We'll let this ticker scroll for a little while. And uh, I'll go scroll your comments. Let's see here. Hey, Mike says, hail-based. I don't know what that means. Hail. Don't watch porn during Lent. Okay, that's from Ron Poliquin. JD93 says, do the gritty for us, big guy. Do the gritty. I don't know what that means. Carlo V, dad walks in, yells, hey, it's Lent. <laughs> Ron Poliquin, shouldn't the ticker give us news about the Ukraine invasion? <laughs> that's pretty funny, Ron. I wish it did. I, I should have a news ticker. That'd be hilarious for my podcast. Me, who knows nothing about anything in the news, would have a, a ticker of the news. <laughs> would be really fucking funny. I like that. I like that. Uh, we got Ken from AC. Hey, what's up, Ken? What part of AC? Do you live in a casino? What part? Maybe you live in the Borgata. Do you live in the Borgata, Ken? That would be awesome. Uh so uh let's let's get to it. 
my head's buzzed, as you can see. Can you see that? Let's take the headphones off. Can you can you really see that? Can you can you see it? Holy shit! I'd always wanted to do it. I did it once, but I never went. I never went this short. Like that is short. I got a. Can you see this? I got a, I got a thing on my head that I knew was there. I don't know what it is. It's like a fucking old guy spot. And I got like another one down here. I got a couple of those little red, red, uh, blood, blood freckles. I think people call them like cherry something. I have those all over my fucking, my, my belly has a lot of them, but I got like two or three in my head. If I really am, if I really was going to keep this hairstyle, I think I would, uh, I think I would go to the dermatologist and I would get that thing done, which I've had, I had done once on my back because I had a big red one on my back and they stick that needle. It's like a, they, they, they heat it up and it just goes. And in two seconds, you're like, yeah, I need, I need Novocaine. I, I can't do this without Novocaine. Remember having that. I had to have them numb up a little section of my back. They just fucking fry it off. Oh, that would have to kill on your head. I actually have one. I think you can maybe see it. Let's see if I, I'll move the mic. Can you see this? It's on my. I have one on my inner eyelid too. That's a sweet thing about uh, old age. I got a red dot here. There's no way I could take the pain of them searing that off my eyelid can you imagine that anybody out there have these things these little red dots anybody have anything successful that can uh that can get rid of them i've read so much shit about them online oh it could be in your diet try this or it's because you have a bad liver well, i get blood taken whenever i go to the doctor they always check your liver enzymes your he always says your liver enzymes are great. They are fantastic. I'm like, yeah. Well, why do I have nine thousand red dots on my body? Uh, does your agent update your headshot and put you out for ball guy parts? Now, <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I was thinking because I went to the gym two days ago and I saw this guy I know who's a cop and he had his head shaved, maybe even shorter than this. He was really buzzed down. And I go, dude, I look like a cop now. And he goes, actually, you don't because where I work, you're not allowed to have a beard. I have seen cops with beards. I think it depends on uh, the state and the county or the jurisdiction or whatever, wherever you're a cop. It has to do with that. So um, some places you can't have a beard. I would look I'd look really fucking bad if I had no beard in my and my head shaved. I mean, granted, I got a lot of overhead light going on right here. Let's see how it would look with no overhead light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now it looks darker. That's how I should do the podcast. Put a little blue light, put a little blue light in. People be like, oh, yeah look pretty good you got a thick head of hair i'm one of those guys who uh anybody else do this i've had thin hair since i was a kid i've always had like fucking thin hair it's always been like that it's not like i'm losing hair that's just my head and when i grow it out it looks thicker 
but when it's uh, when it's shaved bald, it looks like I'm a bald guy. And uh, I always lower lights when I'm in the bathroom. Like I, I put dimmers in my bathroom on purpose because I do not like looking at the top of my head when I'm getting ready. So I dim the light down so I look a little better. I should keep the light like this, right? Keep a little blue light on. Nah, I'll give you a little more light. I'm not that vain anymore. That's good. We'll even put the headphones on. That's good. Uh, I'll answer one of the questions right here. I like this question. Ron Jammin. Ron Jammin asks if I'm taping a new special anytime soon. Great question, because I'm in the works of trying to put something together. I'm trying to film Remember When. There is a, uh, I don't know if you guys are big comedy fans, Jim Florentine recorded his special at this venue next to the theater I did a couple months ago, if anybody here watching was there at the FTC uh, Theater in Fairfield, Connecticut. They have a, a bigger space. I was in like a 220-seat theater. They have a bigger space right next to it that's about 450 seats. It's like a it's like a it's a it's a theater. It's set up like a theater. They do a lot of music in there. And uh Florentine taped his last special that just came out there. And they have like a full system in the place. Like if you wanted to be really uh cheap and not give a shit at all what your special look like you could just use their system they have like a five camera system set up in this uh in this space i think it's called the vault and uh but i'm anal as shit and i can tell you can't just have and because all the cameras are mounted inside there and they have you know i guess computers that run them all if anyone who knows anything about filming you need to hire guys that are holding cameras too you could mix their five cameras into uh, you know the crew you could hire a minimal crew to do like three cameras with your stuff and then add theirs in whatever so uh i've been trying to get the remember when show to where i really want it because if anyone has seen it, it, it it's it's needed work for a while and i finally uh i finally broke down and i uh i hired a director this woman by the name of Laura Spath. Any uh, super fans out there know Laura because she played my wife, not in the web series. That was Rebecca Cush. Uh, Laura Spath played. We did a Rocky parody for the Super Bowl when the Eagles were in the Super Bowl. She played Adrian, and I, I played me, or I played Rocky. <laughs> uh, you might know her from that. Laura Spath also uh, played my wife in something we shot a skit, a sketch we filmed once called Flip That Shithead Husband. It was like a fake reality show. She played my real wife in that, Laura Spath. She is uh, she's an actress and an amazing writer. She's written some awesome scripts that I've read before. I really like her writing, and I, I hired her to direct me. And we've been uh, we've been meeting, and she's been helping me with the script. I always thought Remember When was good, but I always thought it was a little thin. You know, it was a little, uh, do a shout out, Huck, Huck Karinsky, with a nice little tip there. Thank you, Huck Karinsky. You could tip within YouTube. You can also tip within Venmo at 
the Joe Matarese is the Venmo. If you want to do tips, you will get shout outs. Thank you, Huck. Huck Karinsky. It's uh, Kier Karinsky and Huck Karinsky out there in uh, Ohio. Thank you, guys. You're, you're super fans, too. So, uh, so where was I? Finishing the story. So doing this special, hiring Laura to direct me. The, the Remember when, you know, if you've seen it, it was always just like stand-up with pictures. And even people would say, like, do you need pictures to just do stand-up? And I'd say, no, you know, I want it to be a one-man show. But, you know, it's hard because I don't always work in in theaters. Sometimes I work in comedy clubs and I want to be able to bring the same thing in. And it's tough to do a true one-man show in a comedy club and have pictures and, and music cues and all that. One of the reasons is, is they don't want to deal with that shit. They don't have the bandwidth to have some guy who you got to train and show them how to do your stuff. So, so then you got to decide, do I want to hire a tech person to come with me on the road? And if there's not enough money, which mostly there isn't at comedy clubs, comedy clubs don't pay as much at least for me, they don't. When I do a theater, it pays more. When I do a private event or a corporate gig, it pays a lot more. Clubs where I make like half what I make than what I make at those gigs. So uh, I don't know. So uh, what? But what I realized was is yes, this show is just stand up with with pictures, and it's just showing shit from the '80s and making jokes about it. And I always was like a deeper guy. And I always thought, you know, I always like to have a message in things. I don't want to just do jokes that are just about nothing. I'm not that kind of comedian. I'm a fan of uh, Christopher Titus. I like the way he does things. He's All of his specials have been like one-man shows, but stand-up versions of one-man shows. Nothing serious, but just very on th a theme. And it, and it starts somewhere and it goes somewhere, and then it has a conclusion. I really like that. So Laura and I started working with it, and the show's kind of evolving into parents. or being a parent in 2022, which a lot of my fans are, and I'm sure you could relate to this. That's the reason why I'm going back and remembering is because I'm worried for my kids in this disconnected world that we're in now with with phones and computers and virtual reality goggles. And that's the reason why, because I'm going back and talking about my childhood and I'm talking about how my dad was kind of not a mentor type and he was a little bit disconnected, very loving and we're still really close, but he took the lazy route and he'll probably tell you he did too. Like, and how easy it is to, as a parent in 2022, to be lazy and let them go on video games so you can get your work done, right? A lot of us do that. And then you wonder, are you being a shitty parent? So it has a reason now why I'm going back. And it has a conclusion at the end. But it is, even at the beginning, setting it up. And even at the end, when I'm coming to a conclusion, I'm keeping it all joke-driven. I don't want to have just some super serious monologues. There's none of that shit. So it's really coming along. We've only been working together a short time, but the first time uh, it'll be up is at the Stress Factory on March 18th and 19th. Coming up, JoeMatterese.com for tickets. <laughs> and Laura is going to come Saturday night and kind of uh, watch it and uh, take notes.
Thank you, Ron. I thought you would like the theme because I think we all relate to that with parents. We're like, how do I get them to fucking, you know, go outside? And uh, how do I get them to do things? How we used to do things and what was better about how we grew up, you know, versus what they're growing up with. And then some of it is the reverse. Like, I think um, kids Little League coaches nowadays in 2022 are better and nicer. And that's good. Like, it, it, like that's one of the negatives of growing up in the 80s like I did. Like, my, true shit, my, my Little League coach, was he was in the mafia. Like, it wasn't like he looked like a mobbed up guy. Like, no, this guy was in the mob. <laughs> literally was he'd smoke cigars he'd be out there on the field he'd have one of those tony soprano-esque uh you know bowling shirts those silky bowling shirts he'd have one of those on that barely covered his gut and he'd have to keep pulling it down right he'd pull up in a in a cadillac one of those white caddies one of those bromes remember those cadillac brome every italian wanted the cadillac brome and he had like a, I remember it was a white Cadillac, like a Coupe de Ville with the, with like maroon uh, vinyl on the roof that had those half vinyl roofs. And they had like that little circle window in them with the big Cadillac thing on the front hood. And like, you'd think he was like calling the steel and he was really, cause he was like eating pizza on the side, you know? And he'd get grease on his shirt. You thought he was calling the steel, but he was just wiping the fucking olive oil off of his shirt because he didn't have a napkin. And he'd be fucking Tony Soprano in you. He'd just be like, what the fuck? Why'd you fucking steal? What the fuck? I didn't call the fucking steel. And you're like, yeah, you did. You gave me this. He's like, no, I was fucking wiping my fucking shirt. I have fucking oil on there. It's a fucking greasy slice. It's like, oh, my God. You know? <laughs> This guy was classic. And, uh, you know, I talk about this in the show, too. You know, how they could, they mic up the Little League coaches now. If you watch ESPN Little League World Series, they're mic'd up. They're saying nice things. They're all like, all right, it's all about having fun. Uh, you know, um, try your best out there. And uh, that's all we can do, guys. Let's go out there and try our best. Go team. And they go out. And how you could just never mic up a 1980s literally coach he would be in prison if anybody watched that on national television they'd be having to throw beeps in like there'd be so much cursing so that's one of the, that's one of the good things so uh what else is on my list that i wanted to talk about i'm curious what some of you guys think about this or if you've ever seen him in concert uh i work here at this theater called the emelin in Mamaroneck, New York. I've done like maybe three shows there in the past four years. It's, uh, Elliot is the uh, guy who runs the whole thing. He's really good to me. He's like, whenever you want to come to a show, just let me know and I'll get you in. And it's only, I think it's 230 seats. So they don't get really big names. But occasionally they get someone to me who's kind of big and they just up the ticket price. So I saw on the list that Mark Cohn was going to be there. I don't think he pronounces his last name Cohen. It's Mark Cohn, uh, who sang Walking in Memphis, which is a, is a crazy story. And I watched it on YouTube today. Uh, the story of how he wrote that song and how it's just like almost word for word true of what happened. 
it is life or and what happened and why he went to Memphis because he wanted to he was hoping that it, something was going to speak to him when he got there and it was going to help him write a great song and it actually did and everything that happens in that song from you know landing in the pouring rain to the ghost of Elvis and uh meeting this Muriel woman at uh who's like this someone who performs at this one venue every weekend and she's just like has a regular day job and she goes there but everybody goes to see her because she's super great really spiritual and he goes to watch her as a you know i think he's like in his early 20s and that's in the song too because she says son are you are you a religious man and he says i am tonight and that's in the song too and uh it's just a fucking if you get a chance go pull up that youtube clip of him he's getting interviewed only has about ninety thousand views talking about the writing of that song and it's amazing to me because his first album it has like a lot of good songs on it but only walking in memphis cracked top 40 i didn't realize like sometimes i thought lots of songs when they're good and you know them that meant they cracked the top 40 but like he's got a, a, a song called true companion that's on there my wife loves that song so it's one of the reasons why i i got two free tickets for us to go i'm a cheap bastard get the credit for bringing my wife and it was fucking free and uh she was loving it man he's just great performer hilarious i love those guys you know that just just pros his drummer was like playing the fucking bongo and he playing those those sticks with the with the brush he's playing the brushes on the on the like the big bongo drum he, he was so good and this other guy had one of those old school organs out there you know those organs you would hear in a church because you start to realize uh mark cone a lot of his music has that style to it that bluesy uh vibe and this guy playing the 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 freaking church organ I, I never saw one of those on stage i don't know how they got it there if anybody out there is listening jerry you might know silver thunderbird dude yeah he it wasn't in the top dude it didn't crack the top 40 jerry rowan is writing on the screen to me right now people are just listening to the podcast um thinking silver thunderbird must have cracked but it didn't it didn't dude either the true companion and people were yelling silver thunderbird at the concert and he played it I got to be honest, I didn't even know it. That's when I know a guy's good. When I don't even know the song, and I'm like, that's one of my new favorite songs. And I like go down, I go home and I download it as soon as I leave the concert. Silver Thunderbird, so fucking good. I can't play music on this podcast or it'll get taken down. So I don't. When you're on YouTube and Facebook, they'll, fuck, they'll fucking take you down if you try to play music. But yeah, I was studying him. And he said he hadn't really, it was interesting. Because he won the, dude, not only was there only one top 40 hit on that album, he won the Grammy for Best New Artist in 1991. So you would think there'd be a lot of top 40 hits on that album. No, one, Walking in Memphis. Uh, so, oh my God. So I um went to the concert and it was so fucking good. And when he said this, this is what really uh, resonated with me in the interview. He said he hadn't found his voice. And then when he wrote Walking in Memphis, 
he figured out who he was as an artist. And this is going to sound crazy, but and I, some people that have been listening to me or watching me for years know, but I've always thought my voice was, um, as a comedian, had more of a drama into it than straight stand-up. Even when I do podcasts, I, I'm not one of those guys that's trying to joke it up all the time. I just don't. I go for interesting. I hope you think this is interesting what I'm talking about, but you're not going to watch my podcast to laugh every three seconds. Like some of these other guys, you know, they, I, I see the guys, they're very good at it, you know, like a, a Mark Normand or a, a Sam Morrill. They're just fucking they're really funny and they're funny. Uh, you know, Chris DeStefano really funny on their podcasts. I'm just not that. And you can't be who you aren't. So I, I'm going for who I am. And this remember when and connecting it with being a dad and talking about my son and my daughter in it. It just it's amazing that I'm 54 years old. I've been doing stand-up comedy since I was 19. And I'm like, oh no, this is what I want to do. It's amazing. 30 more than 30 years it took me to get to realizing that I want to do more of the one man show style. Um, so let me go look at what some of you guys are writing here. I said, I'll check it out every 15 minutes. Personal question. How, how have you been doing since bells, the Pell's palsy episode years ago? You are one of my favorite comics. So just wanted to check in says Ron Jamet. That's a good question, man. Um, I did. I had bells palsy. God, I don't know how many years ago that was 10 eight you know what's weird uh, if you don't know what bell's palsy is it's you know um it's connected to shingles it's kind of a uh, viral thing that happens and it affects a nerve in your face and you lose the feeling so literally like i did an episode <laughs> on fixing joe the web series where i wake up with bell's palsy because that's what happened i just woke up and i was like my lips just felt off as I just, and then slowly as that day went on, the Bell's palsy got worse and worse. And I ended up in an, in the emergency room. Um, I had it for about three months. It hurt really bad. It was almost impossible to do stand up. I was just bomb every fucking show. I could barely talk. Um, so it went away after three months, but what's weird is it still lingers. It's crazy. Like anyone out there, if you had Bell's palsy, you know, and I can feel it when I go like this. If I like do that with my lips, this like, it, I feel this grab before it goes back to where my mouth normally would go. It's weird. Uh, so, yeah, I get nervous, man. There's a, a friend of mine, Eddie Ift, another comedian, had Bell's palsy, and he goes, do you ever get nervous that you're going to get it again? I'm like, yeah, dude. I, some There's some days where I'm like, shit, is it coming? And then it's not, and it just slightly feels like it's coming on. It's it's something. It's like it lingers. It lingers in your system. Uh, but, yeah, I'm better. I'm better. Thanks for asking. Ron Jammin, not Jammin Ron uh let's see here dice has that now does he really dice just got it are you serious has he been on anything talking about it that's fine i know a bunch of comedians mike Bichetti had it once many years ago 
I'm trying to think who else I knew that had Bell's palsy. Lots of famous people have had it. I did not. The dice just got Bell's palsy, but he calls it balls palsy. <laughs> How common is it? Uh, it's pretty. Uh, it, it, it's not super rare, but it's not super common either. And you know what's weird is the first thing they check when you go into the first. The first thing that you can you know you have Bell's palsy is when you can't you can't blink one of your eyes. Like your one eye is just stuck open, which is weird. Um, couldn't blink my one eye and, uh, also they check you for Lyme disease because Lyme disease, if you get it, it can make you get Bell's palsy. And I was, I was actually afraid to get the COVID, uh, vaccines, but I forced myself to get them all because one of the, I heard, heard one of the side effects was getting Bell's palsy. I was like, shit, do not need to get that shit again. Uh, and I never got it. I got both vaccinations and i got the i got the booster shot and i got the flu vaccination oh i got i get every shot now but thanks to uh selexa <laughs> i don't worry about shit like that anymore uh so it's weird that they said lyme disease can bring it on because as you know a couple months ago i was diagnosed with lyme disease and it was weird because I didn't have that. I didn't really have symptoms of it. I just, my knee was really swelled up and my joints felt stiff. And for a while, they felt stiff. And I went to a new doctor. My old doctor stopped practicing. So I had to find a new doctor. And he's like, well, we got to take blood. You're, I'm bringing you on as a new doctor. And uh, checked my blood and I came back. And he goes, this is going to sound weird, but you have Lyme disease. And I was like, I do? You know, it was weird. And then he put me on, um, he put me on, uh, what do you call it? Anti, not anti-inflammatories. Uh, God damn it. He put me on meds. <laughs> I can't think of the, can't think of the name of the meds. I wish I had like, remember how Fred Flintstone would go kazoo and like kazoo would come down and help him. When I get stuck for a word that I can't get, yeah, you could Google it. But I just, I wish I had a kazoo so I could just be like kazoo, and just this fucking cartoon came down. And he's like, Joe, the word you're trying to find is, uh, what's it called when you, uh, you know, when you uh, you have to take meds to get rid of an infection in your body? Come on, come on. Ron Poliquin, you know this one. It's a fucking common word. I'm an idiot because I'm trying to focus on 98 things at the same time. But, uh, yeah, so I, he put me on those for a month. And I went back to the doctor. He took my blood again, and he goes, this is weird. That number that told me that you had um, Bell's palsy, or no, no, no that you had uh, Lyme disease, uh, the number didn't go down, which makes me think, that you might have not had Lyme disease. It was like a false positive. And he goes, and I go, well, why would that number that you're talking about be high? And he, antibiotics. Thank you, Mitchell. Jesus, I stink. Fucking Adderall is needed at night. I couldn't think of antibiotics. It's a basic fucking word. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I go. Well, what uh, what else could I have? And he goes, Well, you could be you could have you could be HIV positive, and you're not that. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm not that. He goes, uh, You could have lupus. You don't have any of the other signs of having lupus. 
And he's like, um, I don't know. I don't know. Or it could be uh, rheumatoid arthritis. And I thought maybe that's what it is because my joints are fucking horrendous. They just blow up. I've showed it on camera. That's my thumb like all the time. This thumb just in the last like three years. Can you see that shit? Look at it. Look at that. Look at that. That bump should not be there because that's my other thumb. No bump. Good thumb. <laughs> see if I can get them both on. Good thumb, bad thumb. Can you see that? You see the difference there? Holy shit. What the fuck is it? It looks like a sack, but it's rock. It's rock hard, dude. It's a fucking rock hard bump. Bam. Um, my shoulder has one too. There's a bump right here in my shoulder, and it's just rock hard and won't go down. It is nasty. Uh he was supposed to hook me up with a specialist to check out if I have rheumatoid arthritis, which is something similar to tax your joints. It seems to, I think it runs in my family, man. There's so many people with knee replacements and hip replacements. My brother's nine years younger than me, and they told him maybe in another year he has to get both hips replaced. He's only 45, and he might have to get both his hips replaced already. Insane. Uh, it's from jacking off. <laughs> That's funny. Pistopher Stanley. Pistopher <laughs> says it's for jacking off. Imagine jerking off so much that you get arthritis in your fucking jerk off thumb. That would be hysterical. Dude, you got to stop jerking off your thumb. You're gonna we're gonna have you're gonna lose it. <laughs> Not my thumb, man. You can't take my fucking thumb, man. How oh, don't take my thumb. <laughs> Fucking hilarious to me. Oh, God. So, all right. So, I hired the director, went to see Mark Cohn in concert. Has anybody out there seen Mark Cohn? Like I said, get tickets to go see this guy. And I'm telling you, you won't regret it. You will not regret it. He's fucking hilarious, too. He had me cracking up. I love when... Don't you love when you go see a musician and he's funny? I don't know if that happens the other way around. Do you ever go see a comedian and then you're like, holy shit, he can play. Like, <laughs> like I bring the I brought the guitar on stage a few times, but I'm not good at it. I'm okay. But, like, I, I want... I, one of the reasons why I started taking guitar lessons again, I and I, I stopped because all these guys in this band that I was in for... Uh, um uh, school of rock they had an adult band and i was in it and i had three friends of mine in the band with me and they all fucking quit they didn't want to spend the 250 bucks a month anymore and i was like but we we're getting good too you, we, it's amazing how you could feel yourself getting better when you play with with a band and you're playing full songs every week when you go in there and uh it was just uh you know fucking crazy that um I had to stop. I had to. I I, I stopped and and I miss it. Uh, I forgot what the fuck I was talking about. I'll be honest with you right here. You got to be honest on podcasts, right? You got to be vulnerable and honest. I don't remember what I was just talking about. My ADD is so severe. They should have like a drinking game. Ron Poliquin, come up with a drinking game for uh, each time I forget what the hell I was talking about right in the middle of a sentence. It could be a hint of Lyme disease. Um, 
Gaffigan's I didn't know this. Someone on the uh someone on the chat says Jim Gaffigan is a great sax player. I did not know this. Is this true? Oh, that's what it was. Mark Cohn being funny. Yeah, do you ever think I'm trying to think of see that the, the, they could there might be comedians that have t a talent for playing guitar, like Mark Maron's a great guitar player, but he doesn't do it in his comedy shows unless he started to now that he plays so much on his podcast. I don't think you go see a comedian and get surprised that he's amazing at an instrument or singing. One of the only comedians, that, now Ron Poliquin, if you're still listening, Ron loves all the old comedians a lot, and we talk a lot about the 80s and, and, and comedy. About 25 years ago, I worked with this comedian. His name is um, Barry Diamond. Now, Barry Diamond, short... Sure, his big claim to fame back when we were growing up is he was in that movie Bachelor Party with Tom Hanks. Well, I worked with him at Catch a Rising Star in Jersey when Catch a Rising Star in Jersey was like an A-list comedy club. Just only big names would headline there. And I opened for him. And I've told this story on the podcast before, but it fucking blew me away that... uh and he had me dying laughing, and he was, like, really weird and offbeat. They would introduce him. They would go, ladies and gentlemen, Barry Diamond. And that four non-blonde song, What's Going On, would start playing. You know that song? I say, what's going on? You know that fucking song, right? We all know it. He comes up, has the karaoke version, and starts to sing. And he's fucking amazing, right? He sings like, he has like a shortened version of the song that he sings. And then everyone claps really loud because he fucking blows them away. That's how good his singing voice is. And he goes, thank you. Good night. And he walks off the stage and goes out of the comedy club. And he commits to it. And he, he stays outside for like three or four minutes. <laughs> it's it the funniest thing i've ever seen to this day i love that and the crowd's looking around like what the fuck is he coming back what just happened where did he go and then he comes back and when he comes back he's a whole nother character and he does this indian guy for like fucking 10 minutes he's doing all these jokes like he's indian and they believe he's indian right because he does it so well and the jokes are hilarious and then he stops and they're like, what the fuck? All of a sudden now he's not Indian anymore. Now he's doing a black character and, he, <laughs> and he's fucking hilarious. And he's almost saying shit you couldn't say unless you were black. And he's like being risky with it. So it's fucking hilarious. And I found a clip of him on YouTube recently. That's him old. And he's still doing the same shit. It, it had me fucking dying again. And I'm like, am I the only one? that thinks this guy is one of the funniest comedians I ever saw? Or is it known that a lot of comedians go, why didn't this guy make it? He's fucking hilarious. I mean, hopefully there's people out there to think that about me when they come and watch me do stand-up. Why didn't he make it? This guy's amazing. Like, I've always wanted people to think that. That, that, that That's a nice thing. Uh... Barry does commit to a premise. Thank you, Ron. Ron's uh, 
echoing me from a while back. You got to commit to the premise. And he fucking does. Ron, I want you to go find the clip. I will send it. Uh, there might be a way. You know what? I think there might be a way. Can you post clips in the chat here? Because I could pull it up on YouTube. Uh, Hawk Kerinsky thinks that about me. Thank you, Hawk. You're a sweetheart of a guy, even though that's your son's name, Hawk. That's nice that you use his name, though, trying to help him. Kid's an unbelievable, uh, unbelievable BMX guy. He's like breaking records. He's like, his son's like eight. He's doing fucking double backflips on BMX bikes. Go look him up. Hawk Kerinsky. Go put that clip on there. All right, see if I can find it. Uh, I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to waste time on the podcast and go find the clip, and then I'll lose viewers. <laughs> uh, this is fun. I think I'm going to keep doing live every week by myself right here from the studio. I, I like. I, I've, you know, I've always liked it. Why do I? Why do I? I, I bring on Andrew Steiner. I know you guys like Andrew, and you like his fiance. Um. Francesca, Francesca, Miglielina, a very Italian name. Uh, so I'll bring them on here and there, but I do like I do like doing the podcast alone and just shooting the shit with you guys, and I do like doing it live. Please do. I'll tune in. Thank you, Ron Jammin. Can someone post that clip? Go find it. It's Barry Diamond. He's got gray hair in it, and it's like, it's not filmed professionally. It's just like someone sticking a phone in the back of the room. And it's so funny that you still crack up. You know what I mean? Well, I didn't want the uh, the people that called the voicemail to feel uh, left out. We had some calls while we were on the air here. And I want to play their voicemails and I want to answer them. Because, uh, of course, I always appreciate you guys calling in. Okay, let's go to the phones for the first caller here, one of our regulars. Let's give him a little shot. Hey, Joe. It's Jerry Rowan from Philly. So I'm calling about your topics tonight for today's podcast. Um, a director. I got to be honest. I worry. I'm, I wonder, not worry. I wonder how you'll be with the director because... I know that I've worked with you a few times, and I know that you know exactly what you want, and that you seem to want to do things. And this is—I think this is a good thing, not a bad thing, by the way. Uh, you, you seem to know what you want, so I wonder how that's going to work with a director. Uh, so I wonder. Anyway, I guess that's all I have to say about that. Well, well, let me answer that one because it sounds like he has two parts to this question. Good, good question. Uh, Good question, Jerry. How am I going to work with a director? Well, the good news is, is I didn't just pick a director like out of a hat. And one of the reasons why I picked Laura Spaeth is we've worked together so many times and uh, I work well with her. So I knew that she'd be easy to bring on to this. And she doesn't overstep her boundaries. She kind of pulls back and she's like, this is what I think the order should like. For instance, we were putting like the order together for the whole thing to have it really fused together well. And she was like, this is the order I think. And, but if you want to change it because you like it, you know, a different way or it's easier for you to memorize another way. And, uh, 
And of course, I, I did. I changed the order. Because I tend to do things chronologically a lot. That's just kind of the way I write. I've always, like, if I'm doing a one-person show, it's going to start at one point in my life and go to another point in my life and then go to another point in my life and have it kind of move and make sense, you know? It's kind of like, you know, an actor sometimes when you're when you're auditioning for parts or where you're playing parts. You're facilitating the story. If you really know the story and you really understand the character, it becomes sometimes easier to know how to, as they say in acting a lot, oh, well, what do you want in this scene? What do you want? You know what you want because you you know this this guy that you're playing or this you know a woman would f- knows this female she's playing. So uh, I just kind of uh, I know how to. Um, do that and when I've worked with someone a bunch of times you know we can laugh that happens too we laugh about me being a pain in the ass you know uh it's like a uh you know just that's just me so let's hear the rest of your question so give us your thoughts on how you think you'll work with the director just I guess is what I'm asking you just did as far as your haircut uh I, I I don't know man uh, I think it looks fine, but I think you might look a little bit more like some of those conservatives that you worry about, or at least you think don't care for your comedy. But I'll be honest, I I think you have a lot more conservative uh, fans than you would think you might. Anyway, uh, I think the hair looks fine, man, but I was also digging it when you were getting it a little long and crazy. I thought you had a Mark Marin thing going on, but... Whatever you whatever you like, as far as your comfort zone is with your hair goes, I would never shave mine. I love my hair. Too many people losing their hair at our age, so I'm going to keep it as long as I can. All right, last subject. What was the last subject? Oh, an animation. Uh, that's intriguing. Uh, I, I'd love to see. Well, let me stop you to answer that one before with my brain. And at this time of night, I'll forget what you were just <laughs> you just were saying. Uh so, uh, yeah, more right-wing fans than you think. That's fine. I really don't I don't care what, you know, people uh, think politically as long as they are cool and they like my comedy. I'm not one of those crazy. I have close friends that are, uh, you know, far left. I have close friends that are far right. I have close friends that are in the middle. That's just me, you know. Um, but... Uh, I I never thought I was somebody that if I shaved my head I look like some like <laughs> Nazi. I wasn't think of it like that. Like I think of it more like like a guy who's in a band who shaves his head. That was one of the reasons why I I like guys that are like uh, that do that. You know, that shave their head and they look kind of like rock and roll. Like that was the look I was going for. <laughs> Not I'm in the army or I'm a state trooper. That's not really that's not really what I was trying to do with the look. And the long hair, my wife hated it. It's funny because she hated when my hair was getting long and crazy. She hates that. And she probably doesn't like the shaved head either. So uh, she probably like it somewhere in between. What else did you got? What you're, what you're thinking about with that, if you're going to do a cartoon or something, that'd be great. That'd be fun. Hey, keep me in mind uh, for the music if you need something. All right? All right, Joe. That's all I got this week. Take care. 
Jerry Rowan, I will definitely keep you in mind. Uh, that's what's good about this. I'll be in total control of it. I'll be like the showrunner. I can hire uh, my favorite voice actors, my favorite actors, my favorite comedians. I can hire them. I could hire uh, musicians that I really like for them to do music on this. So I will definitely keep you in mind. Let's just hope it happens first. All right. Uh, let's go to the next caller. So, Ron Paulquinn, Why are you still tinkering with the podcast, man? It's like you have this insatiable need to, like, screw with something that's fine. It's a podcast. Just record something. You have a, you know, one of those fancy microphones. And, uh, we can play it whenever we want. We don't have to, like, tune in at a certain time. Uh, there's too much pressure when there's a, like a live YouTube. <laughs> Doesn't he realize, Ron, don't you realize when it's live on YouTube, it's still going to be a podcast that you can play whenever you want. It's going to be on YouTube so you can watch it whenever you want after the live is done. Facebook, it's going to, it's on their live, but then it's going to remain there and you can watch it whenever you want on Facebook. And then the audio version of the podcast is there for you to listen to whenever you want, like you always did. Nothing has changed. I did not change the podcast. It's still on iTunes. It's still this. It's still that. It's still everywhere that you can listen to podcasts in the audio form, too. It's still the same. And I, I think it affects, like, how you talk, too. If you're just, like, throwing it, throwing it away or whatever um, when you're talking, then I think it comes... Uh, more natural and it's better for everybody if you're like producing things editing things you got this person here this person there you're you, you know like you're producing too much it's overproduced what's great about a podcast is that it's raw all right man uh and this is no criticism to anything you've done like anything on uh any of your co-hosts or anything it's just i prefer just kind of a uh, natural back and forth or whatever so anyway man see ya all right well he's got a point there so he's saying he'd rather me not be live. Okay. Well, I'm just trying to get more people watching and more people listening. I think it's a way to uh, connect. But I hear you. I don't know. Yeah. I guess I have to do two podcasts. One that's just audio that comes out, and then one that is the video. I'm trying to make one everything. So, uh, you know, it turns over more listeners and viewers. But, you know, trial and error. Trial and error. It seems fun when it's going live. Right now, I'm not live. Do you notice a difference? This is me doing the phone call section of the podcast without being live. Because I realized when I shut off the live stream on YouTube and Facebook, when I was done, all these people called while I was doing the podcast. And uh, now I'm, uh, I'm answering them. Makes sense? All right. Let's see who else we got here. I mean, Joe, it's John. I'm calling from Fresno, and I want to talk about your hair. I shaved my head a couple years ago, but I kept being accused of being some alt-right Nazi skinhead. And I wanted to know, do you have to deal with that, and how do you deal with it? Because I'm not. I'm a nice guy. I just want to shave my head. Help me out, Joe, please. <laughs> uh, let me know. Bye. <laughs> that's probably a fake person but i'll answer it anyway uh 
I think it depends on what you're wearing. Like, if you shave your head and then you're wearing like the fucking American flag all over yourself, like, yeah, you're gonna, you might look a little fucking nuts. But if you got your head shaved and you're dressed, you know, pretty cool and hipstery, you know, it can look cool, you know? So I don't think it should, uh, have anything to do with, uh, what you what you are by shaving your head i just think nowadays like you know you can do whatever you want no one's gonna think you're a skinhead if your head's shaved <laughs> it's just ridiculous so many people do it now you know i don't know that's my take last caller go don harlequin here <laughs> just want to give you a call and ask if you plan on watching them uh Mark Wahlberg, uh, Mel Gibson movie, Father Stew, about a boxer that converts to be a priest. Anyways, it doesn't look like garbage. Wondering what are your thoughts on that. Also, did you give anything up for Lent? Well, I'm not religious, so I didn't give up anything for Lent. I don't even go to church. So, no, I did not give up anything for Lent. I didn't know about this movie. Is it coming out in theaters or is it going to be streamed? It seems like if it, when shit comes out on theaters, I just fucking I don't go to the movies anymore. I stopped something I love doing. I wonder if that's going to come back in my life because I did stop doing it. Um, I watched Licorice Pizza the other day on streaming. That took forever to come out on streaming, and uh, I didn't like it, and I was surprised because I was really excited about that movie, and I knew. It was going to be tough because Rotten Tomatoes gave it like a really high critic score and a really low audience score. It got really low in the audience. And I'm like, it's got to be high on both ends, you know? So if the audience doesn't like it, it's not fun to watch. And it, it wasn't. It was like weird and disjointed. And I don't mind weird, but disjointed weird is not good. Um, but I don't know about this movie. Um, I love Mark Wahlberg, and uh, I don't have a problem with Mel Gibson, even though he's a little fucking nuts. Uh, I always liked him as an actor. The, the title sounds a little weird, but it sounds interesting. I don't know. I'll, I'll check it out, but I will check out its Rotten Tomato numbers first, Ron. You know that. If it gets low ones, I'm not even bothering. That's just the way I am. If something gets fucking 50% in audience, 50%, in critics, good chance it sucks. I've yet in my history watched something that got low numbers and went, wow, they were way wrong. This is great. That's never happened. So that's my take on all of that. And uh, let's go back to the live podcast that uh, everybody was listening to right before I went to the phone calls. All right? Go right back to the live podcast. All right. Okay. Okay. So uh, we've been talking here a while. Let's wrap things up. Let's wrap things up. I started at 8. It's about 8.50. I like my podcast to be about an hour. So the final subject I want to talk about. This is kind of exciting news, but I can't completely share it with you. One, because if I completely share it with you, I feel like I'm jinxing it. And two... If I completely share it with you, the guys that I'm involved with on the project might get pissed because it's at its early stages. So what I can tease about this is uh, 
I have a possible big opportunity. Big. To be like the showrunner of an animated television show. And I never thought I'd really be in the animated world. So when I got the opportunity, the first thing I did, and I, I've always done this, and I even do it now with my one-man show, Remember When. I brought Laura in to direct me and help even write some of it and tweak it. Uh, I like working in a team when I bring an all-star with me or an all, or I put an all-star team together. So I told the uh, financial people behind the animated idea, I said, listen, if you're going to hire me to do this, I'm just going to tell you, I'm not, I'm not going to cut corners. Like I'm going to bring in heavy hitters. Like I want to bring fucking all stars in. So my first go-to was my friend, John, my friend, John Viner, who lives in LA, who wrote for family guy for many years. And he was a lot of voices on Family Guy. He's a tremendous voice actor. And uh, and he makes most of his money in the writing world. He's super rich and lives in this fucking amazing house in L.A. And we've been friends way before he worked on those shows. When he was just living in New York, we were friends. And he was like working the door at Stand Up New York. Super great guy. And like I said, super talented writer and voice actor. So I contacted him. We put a whole uh, proposal together, and we uh, we delivered it to the person who's interested in hiring me and hiring us. And uh, I actually have a meeting, another meeting with them this week to talk about it. But an animated show, which I, what's so cool about an animated show, and and I, I like I said, I was never really in that world. I've had my stand up animated before. And I knew like when someone was really good at animation, it's the same as when someone's really good at editing where they can take something that was kind of funny. And in the way they edit it, they make it fucking hilarious. Well, it's the same with animation. I remember when guys, a couple different guys tried animating my standup. I was like, no, 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 you're just keeping it as is, you know, take it off the fucking page, you know, like, if I'm doing the joke, like add faces in and have things happen in the background that make shit even funnier. Like that's what a really good animator can do. And why I brought John in is he has that connection also to a lot of the guys that worked on Family Guy. And I still remember to this day, I went to a table read of Family Guy in L.A. This is probably about 10 years ago, right? And. Seth MacFarlane wasn't in the room, but he was on a he was on a uh, speakerphone in the middle of the table, and then all the voice actors were around this big table. There must have been thirty voice actors on one episode that they were going to read, because there's, there's a million parts on those shows, right? But some actors do multiple voices on on animated shows, and there's about forty of us sitting in chairs all around them as the audience for the table read. And it blew me away how fucking funny it was. Like, I'm bending over laughing. Every line is so fucking funny. That's what's great about animation. You don't have to worry as much as, is it believable? Is is this person overacting? Is that, the, can that be believed? When it's 
animated you can just go fuck every make every line hilarious just fucking slam dunk every line uh and seth mcfarlane on a on a on a speaker phone not even in the room he's doing like five characters and he's killing it he's hilarious doing the voices and how he comes up with the voices for all these animated characters and makes them different voice and does them all and so it, it blew me away and I said to John afterwards, because I can remember when I had deals in L.A. and they would get get someone, you know, they'd hire a writer to write your pilot. And I used to be like, this isn't that funny, you know, and but the, the writers knew how to finish a script. So that's how they got the job. And then I remember watching the table read the family guy. And I said to John, oh, there are funny writers in L.A. They just all work on family guy <laughs> like they 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 have them all. And there's there's none left. He's fuck Seth MacFarlane has hired all of the best ones, and everybody else is fucked. You know, is shit. One for Dink. Uh, uh, all right. So uh, so look look forward to hearing about that. Just teasing that. I don't want to give it away. It might go nowhere. Who knows? Next meeting with uh, these guys is tomorrow wednesday and uh we'll see but i'm finding my comedy voice after uh 31 years <laughs> it's fucking pathetic bring back a poo <laughs> yeah dude i would love I, i've been doing a lot of voice acting through um the pandemic it made me uh, get back into it because believe it or not through the pandemic what happened in the in the acting world even even on camera acting is you didn't have to go to la or new york to audition because they didn't you know no one could come and meet in person so you do everything from from home now and with voiceover acting all you need is a really good sound system and you need something else which i have from podcasting as you can see you know i have a there's a pretty high-end mic this sure they're not crazy i mean these are like the standard best podcast mics they're about 400 bucks and i got a pretty good mixer and uh, i know how to use this stuff and i edit my podcast and all that just use GarageBand on the mac and i have it all set up and i have a little sound cube that if i really need it for certain auditions or if you book the job i can close all the sound off and i stick the mic inside this padded box right and uh and and you don't have to go to new york or la so i was like fuck that was what i hated about it you know driving in not getting the gig and coming all the way back and paying every fucking time it just seemed like a waste of time so uh just been doing a lot of the voiceover stuff tons of auditions and stuff and um the only negative is which i noticed noticed instantly is it's harder to book jobs because now fucking everybody's auditioning before you just had to beat out the New York and LA actors that were getting brought in to read for certain things on camera or just voiceover. Now you're, you're beating out people in other countries, I think, or, you know, or at least all over the United States. And there's just, it's way harder. A friend of mine, Jimmy Palumbo, who you know, has been on my show multiple times. He said, dude, 
he he used to be Mr. Voiceover. I, you, every time I turn on the radio, I'd hear him do like four, three commercials, it seemed like. And I'd hear his voice on television doing voiceovers for commercials. And then he, I would see him on camera doing a lot of voiceover commercials. He goes, dude, it's gotten way harder since COVID now with everybody, everybody auditioning for everything. He's like, it's fucking hard. So uh, I don't know. I don't know where that story's going. Don't let your looks go now that you're not going to be on camera. Yeah. I'm going to wait to do on camera till my till this fucking hair grows back, right? Got to wait till this comes back. I think it'll take about 3 weeks to 4 weeks before I'll have a little bit on the top again and I can like put any sort of gel in it. <laughs> I still have like fant phantom guido hair. <laughs> there's a bit there phantom guido hair i'm still fucking going like this like i have gel in my hand like i have hair but i don't like when someone loses a limb the phantom limb long time joe you still sound great thanks man thanks man well everybody uh i like to uh you know i like to round out the podcast and uh Give you one last chance to ask some questions here right at the end. As uh, as I put on the uh, a little bit of a little bit of the theme music there. There it is. So as we're ending here, thanks for listening to another pretender to contender. Keep supporting the podcast. Keep listening. Tell your friends whatever you, you do. Send links to the podcast. Of course. The plugs again, March 18, 19. I'll be at the Stress Factory doing four shows of Remember When in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Then April 23rd, I'll be in Philadelphia at the, at City Winery. You just go to JoeMatterEast.com to get tickets to any of those shows you want to go to and support the podcast. It really helps, seriously. Patreon.com forward slash pretender to contender. Patreon.com forward slash pretender to contender. And if you feel like asking me questions throughout the week, you know, before uh, before anything, uh, just go ahead. Go ahead and, uh, and do that on the voicemail. 951-298-9899. Okay? All right, guys. All right, next week my hair will be a little longer, but it'll be the same time. Tuesdays at eight o'clock. I'm live on YouTube, and I'm also on I'm also on Facebook. I think maybe I don't get the uh, maybe I don't get. Oh, I do get comments from Facebook too. That's cool. Uh, so uh, keep it going, everybody. Thank you guys for listening, and I always appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of your week, and. Uh, Let's hope we get some nice weather. I think the golf courses are open this week. Let me go try to play. I see you later.